Ladies and gentlemen, boils and ghouls, guess what? Paranormal Caught on Camera has a few more episodes. Here is Season 4, Episode 14, Haunted Pinata and More. You know what? I wasn't going to do this, but I just watched the previews. Wasn't too scared until this thing started, and holy fuck nuts. So a while ago, I tried to do something different and have a podcast where I was reviewing things. And then nothing happened. The only good thing on TV was the news. Nobody likes political stuff. Well, a lot of people don't. But this being Howlin' with the Wolf, I think I should just change it to Drunk with the Wolf because I'm half drunk right now. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to go through Philo and I'm going to see what's on there. And it said, new episodes for Paranormal Caught on Camera. And I'm thinking, you know what? It's probably another compilation show of bullshit we've already seen. So I hate that. I hate that shows do this BS where they don't have any new content. They're just going to categorize everything they've already put out there and make a show out of it. So all of a sudden you watch paranormal shows, they're going to put all the shipyard clips together or all of the Bigfoot clips together. Fuck Bigfoot. He's like the most irritatingly boring cryptid of all. But this actually popped up and piqued my interest. So I'm going to do a live watch along. You probably can't see this. The first one was a Russian haunting. And now they're showing a baby on the side of the road, I believe in Indonesia. And now they're showing an orb floating through a living room and splitting up. That one I'm pretty sure I can explain away. But now they're kind of showing the pinatas falling and moving around and doing their thing. That wasn't as scary. Now they're showing a power drill moving on its own. That's kind of scary. A square floating in the sky. A snake writhing in the lake. Folks, there is a lot of shit to go through on this episode, and I'm excited for one. Spooky season's coming up. Paranormal caught on camera is back, baby. So here it is nearly a year later, um, as far as the anniversary goes, of me working at Zagbaggins Haunted Museum. And there's still a lot of mixed and hurt feelings about that whole situation, um, mainly because I... Just wanted to get out of the house for a few days, and I'm seeing a lot of my friends and cohorts that I worked with all posting their anniversary. We all started about the same time, and I lasted a month before you know things went south, which in retrospect, now that I'm looking back at that, I'm thinking it's because, for one, they really didn't want people promoting that this was real. For two, it wasn't real. And for three, I was making things real and keeping the kayfabe alive. They didn't like that the haunted objects, the devil's rocking chair, and other possessed things were interacting with me and not Zach. But there was an episode on that. That's not what we're talking about. So as I'm watching this introduction, there was a lot to cover, lots of creepy things, they're going to a place in Mexico where he started a new piñata sort of store. And if you you haven't seen piñatas, obviously they're very weird representations of the characters they're supposed to embody and you beat the shit out of them. We all know what a piñata is. But do you know what a Mexican bootleg is? Mexican bootlegs are usually the shoddiest, most terrible renditions of any given character from any given fandom, and Mexico just happens to do the worst bootlegs on the face of the earth. Now, a lot of people do like them, and a lot of people do enjoy how awkwardly quirky they are, but in a haunted piñata shop, I'm thinking things are about to go awry, and they do. Now, if you know me, if you know my podcast episodes, or you've heard of some of my stories in the past, I do not like Muppets. I do not like things with big eyes. So already, regardless of this being faked or not, I'm already in a mood to be scared to death. And I, like I say, I was not going to podcast about this 
until I saw a particular scene, and I wish I would have caught my live reaction to this because, holy fuck nuts, no. I'm going to play this in the background and see if I can't catch the same reaction because I'm not sure I, I saw what I saw. They're showing clips of a new shop owner and him saying these are his videos and a particular doll falling over. It looks like a Dora the Explorer. And for whatever reason, no matter where he hangs this particular doll, it drops off of its harness or string or falls over if it's laid on the ground. For whatever reason, this one particular doll is being affected. Now, again, if you don't have Discovery Plus, you could watch this on the Travel Channel on Philo. Uh, if you have T-Mobile, you get it for $9.99 a month as part of your promotional thing. So that's the little unpaid advertisement and plug there. This guy does not appear to be somebody that can fake videos. So I'm already a little more of a believer than some of the other videos, especially UFO stuff or boring Bigfoot videos. But watching this just creeps me out. You know, you're seeing somebody sitting behind a counter, just regular security footage. She's not paying attention. She's watching her phone. She's not ringing people up. And then the doll that's hanging next to her, that one particular doll keeps falling down and it falls down right in front of her. Now, this is the part They've got a selection of them all together in the middle of the room. The lights go out and out of, oh my God, there it is again. Holy shit. This seriously is the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. There is something coming up out of the middle of this pile of dolls and pinatas and the look on this thing's face is sheer ghoulish straight out of a japanese horror film straight out of tubi's free section i mean this is just absolutely ridiculous that i'm looking i mean i'm, I'm literally staring into the eyes of this thing going oh fuck no now, if you knew me and you knew some of the pictures I had from the Bunny Ranch and I've shared them before, I have one particular famous picture of this ghoul that we caught in the hallway of the Bunny Ranch. And it appears to have very sunken Skeletor eye sockets, but with a glowing orb in the middle. And for whatever reason... Just imagine somebody in a pool of water, or even scarier than that, a clown in a pit of balls in Chuck E. Cheese, slowly rising from the depths without blinking, separating the water or the balls. You see the eyes, they get bigger and they get bigger, and this thing just sits there and stares directly at the camera, knowing that it's being filmed. That's fucking terrifying. Man, whatever is going on in Mexico, this place is haunted as fuck. This poor guy must have had something at his shop before he took ownership of it. Apparently, it's not just that one particular doll because he had that taken down and cleansed by a shaman. And then things just seem to get worse. There is another doll with the creepy big eyes that I can't stand spinning in place as it's hanging from the ceiling. And we're not just talking rotating. We're talking all of a sudden it's spinning as if creating velocity. This is being spun by some sort of power drill, which oddly enough is the next segment because that is the power drill part. He's... For whatever reason, I don't know why he's filming. That part's a little skeptical because I'm just freaked out given the subject matter. I mean, just imagine something that looks like Mortis from uh, WCW rising from a pile of puppets. That would be freaky as fuck. 
So now he's filming. He's trying to build a candy box. And the drill that he steps over turns on. That's not normal. And not only is that not normal, is when he turns around and the coiled cord, the end of it isn't even plugged in. So with things continue to happen in this guy's shop, he tries to get the same doll back from the shaman and couldn't, for whatever reason, they don't say, he tries to get a similar doll and hoping that appeases the spirit. Now, the only problem with that is it's not the same doll, so whatever may have had an attachment to that doll... Now they're just being mocked because there is a facsimile there in place. And to make matters worse, the guy douses it with holy water. Now, there are a few things here that had this been any other type of video, I would be a little more skeptical. But when he douses it with holy water, he literally has a uh, cleaning bottle and he's spraying it from this cleaning bottle. I don't know many priests that are going to bless a cleaning spray bottle. But hey, I guess if it works on cats and sometimes hookers, because I have done that before, uh, then I suppose this works and can be blessed. The funny story about the hooker thing is uh, I used to keep a spray bottle under the bar and when the girls would get out of control, uh, I would threaten to spray them in the face and it would ruin their makeup, even though we all know that their makeup is waterproof. I'll let you figure out why. But anyway, um, it worked and it scared them enough to where they wouldn't act up. I would also keep a dog's squeaky toy under the bar. So whenever they were with a client and they would do that fake bullshit stripper laugh, uh, I would squeak the dog toy and remind them that that's what they sounded like. Because I wanted my girls to be more eloquent and elite courtesans as opposed to the dipshits that you would pick up at MGM or some of the other casinos. Um, so I did have a spray bottle. And there were a few times... Uh, one girl in particular named Russia, I hated that girl. She made me a shit ton of money, but I earned my damn money and she was a pain in my fucking ass. Uh, would go through probably three bottles of Patron tequila a night and the client would pay for all of it. So myself and the bar and the house, we all made money, but this girl was a pain in the fucking ass. And you can imagine after three bottles of tequila how she's bouncing off the damn walls. I spritzed her in the face with the water bottle and it shocked her so much she actually stopped. Now, do I think I could expel demons with that, especially demonic pinatas? Probably not. But let's see how this works out for this dude. Spoiler alert, it did not work. He sprayed the doll with the quote-unquote holy water and then the next night the security camera not only catches the pinata falling face first to the ground, but sliding the opposite direction away. So if this was by a wire where it was let down and crashed to the ground, there's no way a second wire should be there to pull it down the damn hallway. Something is definitely a foot at that circle k well and this is the worst part of paranormal investigation there was no resolution so you're watching this assuming that it was a particular pinata and he took it out of the building and everything was fine there is no happy ending here folks something is wrong his idea of what's happening is there is a demon attached to his place that he is renting it attached itself to this particular pinata and took ownership of it and just decided to terrorize now that's obviously not a good thing 
And like I said, if it was a different subject matter, I would be highly skeptical, but I'm already freaked out by puppets and large eye creatures, let alone a stack of these damn things and then something physically moving by itself, rising from the middle of it with this sort of wet-haired, glowing-eyed demon face, uh, the dude's pretty much fucked. Now, if this is something just to spark tourism, I don't know. They're not actually saying the name of the shop or where it is. I think they said somewhere in Guadalajara, but I would like to know. I would visit it. So my initial reaction could it be faked? Yes. Could it be uh, some sort of propaganda or something to get people to visit his store? Yes. Could there be somebody sitting in the pile of dolls and pinatas to rise up and look like a demon? Yes. But the goosebump factor is a 13 out of 10. It's fucking creepy. And unless this is a very, very, very elaborate hoax, I believe it. Now, next up, they're showing a pastor, I believe, who is experiencing paranormal activity and an orb appears in his living room. And not only does it appear, it moves around, splits into several orbs, and, well, we'll wait and see what happens. So this is one of those interesting scenarios where people try and do what they can to protect themselves against the paranormal. The guy has religious iconography all over his house. He's apparently a uh, chaplain for the local police chapter and a pastor he has got his good curtains, and he gets alerted to movement on his security cameras, um, and he picks up his phone and sees an orb in the living room and thinks that it could be any number of things, a bug or a reflection of light, whatever, and then goes back to sleep. Five minutes later, wakes up. Well, I don't know how the fuck he fell asleep in five minutes after putting his phone down, but apparently five minutes later, he wakes back up and realizes the thing is still moving around his living room, and he decides to go out and confront it and see what it is. But being the man of God that he supposedly is, what does he do? He grabs his gun, now, I have a question. I am holding my elbow behind my head with my other arm outstretched above it, begging for the teacher's attention. Teacher, teacher, I have a question. If you can't see something with your naked eye and it's a disc-shaped orb floating around your living room that your security cameras could pick up, but your eyes can't see it, the fuck is a gun going to do? Teacher, I have a question. So this is another one that's left unresolved. You know, and a lot of these are going to be unresolved by the end of it, and that's fine. Uh, I like watching Unexplained or some of the other shows where they actually do a verdict at the end of it and let you know what they think their experts have deemed this anomaly to be. Um, it's it's a disc-shaped orb-type anomaly floating through this guy's living room. And it's enough that it's triggering security camera and letting him know. So the only thing I noticed right off the bat is the first time it happened, his TV was on, there's also a maybe a porch light on outside of a window, because I thought it was daytime, but they did say that it was nighttime. And there is a computer. There's three or four different points of light in front of the camera. And if you've ever seen a car drive in front of your house, and as it passed from left to right, the reflection of the lights passed from right to left in your room and travel across the ceiling. 
I mean, we've all seen that. I can walk in my bathroom right now and see my reflection go three different ways because I have five different mirrors. So I don't believe this is paranormal. It could be uh, somebody walking by refracting the light off of one that refracts off of another that creates this sort of movement. Now, this orb does move and separate into three different parts, which is interesting, but one of the reviewers and intellectuals that they have to try and speak intelligently about this video says that it could possibly be alien, that it seems intelligent, that for whatever reason, it... If it was a ghost, it would know what's going on in the house and there'd be no reason to uh, poke its head around and, and bounce from wall to wall and things like that. Yet this thing is very curious and he thinks it's some form of alien. That is very, very far-fetched. Uh, like I say, believability, I don't believe this guy is faking it. I think scientifically it could be light refracting off of something. And, well, the next video, here we go. We're in Scotland, and it's another Loch Ness Monster. Another thing that I don't believe. What happens nine times out of ten, uh, if you've ever seen uh, waves in lakes... It's not anything close to waves in an ocean. Uh, those use, usually crash on the beach or up against the rocks. They're very forceful. You can see them coming a mile away. Waves in a lake sort of tend to be serpentine in motion, and they will make it look like there is a 40-foot-long snake bubbling up and down and going across this lake. So not very hopeful with this one. I'm going to watch this. Uh, hopefully the lady has a hot accent, but she's kind of creepy looking anyway. So I'm going to unmute this, watch this, and give you my take on it. Uneventful to say the least. Um, there could be something in that water. She says it appeared to be 10 meters long. Um, I don't know how long that is because as an American, uh, obviously we equate length of things to anything but the metric system. So if they would have said this was nine dishwashers long, I would have known exactly how big this thing was, but 10 meters, I, I have no fucking idea. Um, I'm guessing pretty large, uh, I am actually going to have to look up a meter now. I don't know. If, no, a yardstick is a yard. That's three feet. Either way, it's either... Th I mean, okay, so I saw the video. It actually looks like it's beyond 100 feet long um, or 15 dishwashers long. And... It just, I mean, it actually is in Loch Ness. So was it the Loch Ness Monster? No, it appeared to be a straight ripple of waves. And I just, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, there isn't anything spooky or creepy about it. Is it cryptozoological? I doubt that. It just appears to be some form of ripple or anomaly caused for whatever reason, and being, you know, 88 miles long and 800 feet deep or whatever the hell they said Loch Ness actually is, I think it's 23 miles long and 8,800 feet deep or something, you know, they always like to uh, assume that there's things down there that we don't know, and I believe that in an ocean setting, not in a lake setting or a smaller body of water, although I can verify that Pyramid Lake in Reno, or I, I should say east of Reno, Nevada, is most definitely haunted, and there are most definitely cryptids 
in there. Now, if you hadn't heard this story from me before, uh, this is going to be new to you. If you have, you are more than welcome to skip the story of the water baby. Now, this is a story I would often tell uh, back in my Homeland Security days. I had a buddy. Uh, we would go and investigate things, you know, a handful of times. Uh, this was one of those times we ended up in Pyramid Lake. And under the assumption we were going to hunt and search for water babies. Now, it was a crazy night. Uh, I was the designated driver, and we had stopped by a few historic sites on the way and ended up out in Pyramid Lake. Now, the original story is the indigenous people of the area threw their babies off of the cliff or the rock, uh, Mother's Rock or whatever they called it, and that's why you can hear babies crying if you go near Pyramid Lake. The cryptozoological explanation is that there is some sort of creature out there that makes the noise like a baby to entice you to get into the water. And then, of course, it'll have its way with you and eat you, kill you, drag you under, whatever. Now, a little historical backstory on Pyramid Lake. Uh, I believe most of the entire area was underwater, and there are very interesting rock formations and things that you can climb on out there. Um, and it does seem to be bottomless. They have found fish from China in Pyramid Lake, which is obviously nowhere near China. And if there are underground tunnels and wormholes to the other side that pass through Earth, then something from China could end up in Pyramid Lake. Highly unlikely, but if that is the case, you could find some very interesting things out there. Um, this particular night, though... Uh, we had gone and we had heard uh, crying, and it was definitely unsettling. So needless to say, that night there was alcohol involved. It just wasn't going to be one of those nights where we were going to catch anything. We decided to actually go back uh, without the influence and try and do an actual investigation, take our cameras and maybe document some things. And this is before you know people had camcorders or video readily available with their cell phones. Uh, so this was sort of a primitive uh, paranormal research excursion. And we get out there, and me and my buddy are out there, and sure enough, we hear something that seems to be crying. Um, he just is brave enough, goes out there into the water, and, you know, this is, he can't figure out what it is. He can't hear the noises anymore. I still hear it, and I'm thinking maybe it's pelicans, but we don't have pelicans in that area. Maybe it's seagulls, also not something common in that area. And we start seeing things coming out of the water, possibly flying, landing, drifting, floating on the water. It was just awkward. It was weird. We couldn't figure out exactly what was there. Um, I decide to go out into the water as the, as the story goes. And now, even in my uh, buzzed state, I'm trying to remember just how much of this ended up being folklore <laughs> in my own story and how much actually happened. So... If you're listening, friend who I'm speaking of, please feel free to remind me of this night in case I did get something wrong. But as I remember, I am somewhat brave enough to go into the water, but not as obviously far as he did. And I'm taking pictures off the reflection of the water. Now, me being the quote-unquote camera guy, I'm trying to do everything I possibly can. Obviously, we don't have night vision. We don't have audio recording, and neither one of us had a camcorder. I think he did, but the battery died, if I remember right. So it was just, it was weird. The only thing I could possibly do to get anything would be to put the camera as close to the water as I possible as I waded out into the water and catch reflections and maybe catch something. Now, what was weird was 
immediately I started getting orbs, which you usually figure that's because of dust or you think it's because there's spirits there. You don't really know. But it's odd that off of water where there's no mist, there's no splashing, there's subtle movement in this lake that I'm catching orbs like crazy. And every picture was ridiculous. So when you took the picture, you can't see anything on the small LCD screen. And you had to blow it up in Photoshop and then lighten the hue and the darkness so that you could actually see what was in the background. And the picture reveals itself to you. Well, as I remember, I was frustrated because I wasn't catching anything. And I kept hearing the noise of something crying in the background for whatever reason. And I keep getting further and further out into the water until myself, I'm almost chest deep or neck deep. And then I'm taking one last picture And for whatever reason, the water rose up and it splashed the camera. Didn't go over my head, but this wasn't one of those underwater cameras, and I was pretty pissed. So I immediately left the water, went back to the shore, dried out the camera, and it wouldn't turn back on, so I was pissed. It's a long trip to where I lived in Carson City, so in the hour and a half drive it took to get from Pyramid Lake all the way back down to where I lived, the camera had dried out enough, the SD card was dry enough, I could put it in the computer, and when I finally put it in the computer and blew the pictures up and lightened them in Photoshop, that's when the orbs started to reveal themselves. The very last picture I took at Pyramid Lake was of something at least 50 yards, which is maybe 25 dishwashers length away from me, uh, off in the distance, waiting from the waist on up, coming towards me. My friend was either next to me or on the shore. He was definitely not that far out. And I still have this picture. So again, the very last picture I took before my camera got splashed that forced me out of the water was of something emerging out of the water far enough away from me that it was able to stand up for whatever reason in in however deep water this was from the waist on up out of the water and was wading towards me. Now, if this was the cryptid, I was in severe danger. If, for whatever reason, it was a bird or a pelican, again, neither one of those things were in that area, to my recollection. As far as I can remember, and as many times as I've told this story, I still cannot think of what it could have been that showed up in that picture. And imagine, though, the picture is black, And it only pops up when I lighten it in Photoshop. And it reveals what's actually there. And in the pixelated revelation of this picture, you're seeing something that looks very... I think I even told people it reminded me of sort of Marilyn Manson. Very spindly, skinny appendages, very odd uh, movements... And it looked like it was wading through water in a very odd way, walking towards me, even though there's no way it could have been touching any sort of surface or ground underneath the water. To this day, I have no idea what it is. I still don't. Was it the water baby? It could be. But I didn't know what danger I was in until I got home and found out that the very last picture that I took could have possibly been the water baby. Now, here we are at the next part of the video, halfway through this episode, and it's an actress with a dash cam driving through the the back roads of the Philippines, and I know they're going to explain it as some 
Ongbok, blah, 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 whatever it is that they have out there, some cryptid. But it looks like there is a baby walking <clears throat> uh, down the road. Now, the first thing that I notice in this video, I don't know what side of the road you're supposed to drive on in the Philippines, but they are driving down the middle of the road. And then they move off to the right side in just enough time to pass this glowing white anomaly to the left of the car and for them to exclaim, there's a baby. And then the other person to say, let's not stop. Let's keep going. My money is that they just kept on going. This is another one where I feel that they're making too much out of nothing. Um, there are a lot of animals that walk on their hind legs that could be child size. This could be a, a, a raccoon holding a tomato and running away hoping that it doesn't get caught. But because it's nighttime, because it's storming, they're going to tell you it's possibly something to do with the white lady or, you know, you've heard the story. Roadside ghosts are incredibly common. Um, but they're going to say this thing looks like it's holding itself, like it's in duress. And then they're going to go through the history and say that there was a terrible hurricane or a storm that passed through. And uh, this has been brought out by the current storm. But I don't see the windshield wipers on in the video. I don't see that there's a current storm. I, I just, I feel that they're making too much of this. And like I say, if you've driven through Texas at night and you see an armadillo sniff the sky, but it looks like it's standing on its hind legs, that's legit what this looks like. It just looks like an armadillo walking around. So not much with that segment. Um, the preview for the next segment is obviously they have to sneak a UFO in there and it just, it, it looks like a regular freaking thing in the sky. I mean, it, it could be a mylar balloon. It could be a light. It could be anything. Who knows? Uh, the UFOs that they usually catch are pretty uneventful. So I'm watching the commercial and it's funny. It says the new season of paranormal caught on camera is coming up and they're showing sort of the best of, of things that gave me goosebumps from previous seasons. And that's why this show was so great. And now it's just sort of because of COVID and people not leaving their house, there aren't that many great videos out there that people are catching. Uh, the thing sitting on top of the barn that looks like one of those howler monkeys, uh, that is creepy as fuck to see at night. That, uh, thing that's walking by that looks like a plucked chicken that is kind of like knock need walking past a garbage can. I mean, that, that thing is, is terrifying. Those are the videos I love seeing. But I don't know if people just aren't catching them or if this is the wrong time or just because of COVID, they're not out there adventuring. But hopefully they have something in a new season coming up that will be interesting. So I'm going to watch this UFO section and I'm going to guess this is going to be pretty uneventful as well. Um, I thought I saw one the other day. Now, this is interesting because obviously, if you know, you know I'm into uh, aviation, specifically military and war aviation. And a friend had just posted a picture of what he believed was the RQ-170 or possibly the rumored RQ-180, which is a mini stealth drone that would somewhat resemble the B-2 stealth bomber, the, the Batwing. And he posted on Instagram and within an hour was harassed, as he stated, and told to take it down. By whom and by what is beyond me, but whatever he did catch 
did look pretty authentic. So it was a drone about maybe half the size of a, of a Kia Soul. Very small looking oversized wheeled drone. And I, it, it, I mean, it, that's exactly what I believe the RQ-180 is is they call it the Dorito. It's just a tiny little triangle. But this was painted black. Now, what's interesting about that is lately, within the last year or two, we've been catching photos of the F-117, which had been retired and decommissioned, but we've been seeing it in flight coming out of Tonopah, which is where its main test range was. Now, we had told everyone, and it's funny because the F-117 carries the F uh, abbreviation as opposed to an A. It, there is nothing on there that is air-to-air -air or that is an attack. Uh, or, or, I'm sorry, it is an attack vehicle. There's nothing on it that is air-to-air, -air, which would connotate the F. So it should be the A-117 or the B-117 because it only ever had a payload of two missiles or, uh, I'm sorry, two bombs that could be laser-guided to their uh, destination. They called it the F-117 because of the Geneva Convention. We were only allowed so many bombers. We already had the B-1, the B-52, and the B-2. So having a fourth one would go against that Therefore, when Desert Storm and the war in Iraq was over, they decided to announce they were retiring it, and they showed a bunch of them being scrapped, uh, thrown to museums, and whatnot. As of the 15th of September in 2021, they finally announced in Fresno, California, that two F-117s flew in and were going to help with dissimilation training with the F-15Cs and probably the new F-15EXs that are coming out, which is going to be the new stealth versions of those. Um, interesting that we are admitting that they are still in service, let alone helping with training. Uh, so it's... It's not surprising at all that we're letting people know what we have and that things are back in service and things are flying around. So watch the skies, and if you do see things flying around, it's most likely a drone or it's most likely military as opposed to a UFO, but I, for one, am excited that it, it is, it's back. The F-117 is back. And it had been rumored for years. Nobody believed us. They called us conspiracy theorists. And now they're finally admitting that it's back in service. So I'm going to see what these people have to say about these UFOs and give you my best description of what's happening. So this lady seems to always catch UFOs. Now, does that mean they're otherworldly? Again, I always say this. You guys are probably sick of me saying that. Um... It most likely is not otherworldly or alien, but it is, for fact, unidentified flying object because it is identified and we don't know what it is. Hence, the word identified. <clears throat> she caught one of a box light uh, that flies through the sky, which could be some form of kite, could be a form of a Chinese lantern. I don't know many... Uh, uses for an anti-gravitational uh, square that would float through the air that we could use, uh, not even for reconnaissance. I mean, that the main part of stealth is that you can't have a 90-degree angle, otherwise it shows up on a radar, and that would obviously show up on a radar, so I'm not guessing that's military. The next one she catches is a jellyfish UFO that appears to give birth or uh, spit out a few smaller UFOs. Those are less believable, 
just because you, if you've ever been to a, a, a foam party rave or something similar, you'll see things like that floating around constantly. So someone in their backyard could have a slip and slide and their douchebag older brother decided to throw in some, you know, palm olive fucking uh, soap or whatever it is into the hose. And then all of a sudden the thing starts spitting out foam. That's going to catch air and float through the air and make it look like one of these jellyfish UFOs. So uh, things coming off that it's giving birth to are most likely just suds. I, you know, I used to watch my grandma back in the day hand wash dishes in super hot water. I still don't know how she did that without gloves on. Um, and sudsing up the sink and then suds floating through the air. She'd even blow some at me and they would float through the air, dance around, do different things. And a jellyfish like clot of uh, suds would float around. Not too surprising. Now, the last clip that this lady shows is a, a disc that is illuminated and out of nowhere, it appears that a tractor beam emanates from it or lasers southward and shines on whatever is underneath there. I, I, you know, being someone that is living in Las Vegas currently, I can go in my backyard right now and see the exact same thing. And I think you know where I'm going with this. The Luxor light that beams up from the, uh, the, the pyramid down there, if it is, if the light from the Luxor halts or reflects off of something, it's going to look like a disc. So usually, nightly, I will see a floating white disc reflecting off of the clouds, and I know it's the Luxor light. However, if it's hazy, I will see the beam that creates that disc in the sky being illuminated as well. So that makes it look like a flying saucer with a tractor beam going down to the ground. And it's not. It's just the source of the light after it bounces off something to create the disc is being illuminated by a fog or a mist. And that's that's all this looks like to me. Uh, paranormal? Uh, no, absolutely not. Otherworldly? No. Military-wise? Not even. I don't even see a reason for military to create or use a tractor beam. It just, I, I don't see the use for it. The beam me up Scotty and the abduction tractor beam just doesn't seem like something that's worth creating in any way. So... As I fast forward through this last set of commercials, the last segment is a place in Russia that is highly haunted, and you see doors shaking, things moving, and the guy freaking out. Let's see if it's worth freaking out over. So this guy gets wind of a poltergeist that supposedly haunts this abandoned building. He breaks into the building, and things start to happen. And it doesn't seem like any of it's faked. In fact, part of the footage actually does give me goosebumps. Uh, you know, and I, I say that if you forgot why I mentioned that in a, a few episodes, it takes a lot for me to sort of sense a, uh, I don't want to say a fear, but the need for goosebumps. So if I sense something is realistic, then 
I will get goosebumps. And I do believe in transference. And if there is something paranormal or shocking about these things, that it will transfer out of what I'm seeing and give me goosebumps in, in real time. So I think there is a haunting at this particular building that he's broken into, but I don't think it's malicious. So he hears a, a young girl or a child make sort of a sound like a, I guess in, in Russia, it could be like a boo, but it just goes, ah, ah, like kind of a, they, they want to say it's a cackling sound. I don't think so. I think it's, it sounds like somebody trying to surprise him like, ah, ah, you know, like jumping out from behind a corner, trying to scare them. Uh, and he, he pans around and then sees a door that is half buried under bricks and can't move either way, but it's flexible enough that the top half of it is, is moving back and forth very violently. And if there was enough force uh, used on that door, you would think that the, the ghost could pick up one of the bricks and chuck it at the guy if he really didn't want that ghost or if the ghost really didn't want that guy there. So that's why I don't think it's malicious. And he's asking to uh, see more of the ghost's power and he's walking through and a uh, dresser behind him shuffles across the floor, which probably would take two people to move and you just see it slide across the floor and not only that one of the the doors on the cabinet of this dresser type thing uh piece of furniture it, it opens as well so to rig something like that would be pretty time consuming and kind of ridiculous if i was going to do something that grandiose it, it wouldn't be just a dresser moving. I would make the thing levitate. Uh, maybe that wouldn't be as believable, but e even still, uh, it does seem pretty realistic, and it, and it did give me goosebumps. So again, I would say this is haunted. I don't think it's a poltergeist, even though by definition, poltergeist is just a noisy ghost. Uh, I don't see things being thrown at the guy, or things being broken, I think I, I, I'm just seeing somebody letting this guy know, hey, I'm here. This is my house. You don't belong here. Imagine forgetting you're dead and an intruder comes into your house, much like what we would do if we're just sitting there reading a book, drinking coffee in our house, and all of a sudden things started to shake and move or you heard a voice, you would go on the defense. And I think that's all that's happened there here. I, I think there's an active ghost, and it's just warning the person that, hey, I'm here. So that wraps it up for this episode, and I'm glad there's a couple left. Uh, I was going to end that here for tonight, but I actually may record and watch the next one because the description of the next Paranormal Caught on Camera says a demon looms over a baby in Las Vegas. Stay tuned. That one's next.